you're going live stream right now. Got it. Awesome. Welcome, everybody. I am so happy to see you all here today, and I want to welcome everybody who's listening to the live stream and the replay. Um, all of you stewards of the land, humanitarians, and solutionists. I want to welcome you to another dose of positivity where I have the great privilege and honor to interview these passionate change makers, thought leaders, environmental innovators, and wellness professionals. And today we have an incredible guest, Annie Burke. She is going to be discussing a topic that, as most of you know me, um, about the healing power of animals. You know that for me, animals are, are my spirit. Um, by, we're all animals, by the way. So I'm super excited to be introducing uh, Annie to you in just a minute. But while we're waiting for people to enter the room, I'm going to share a very short reading from uh, my book, uh, Living Like the Future Matters. And also, I'm, I'm so happy to see some of you where we missed last week because of Thanksgiving. And I hope you all had a really great time. And uh, those of you listening to the replay, it might be Thanksgiving 2023 by now, but uh, we're sure happy you're here. So this book, Living Like the Future Matters, The Evolution of the Soul to Soul Entrepreneurs, my first of five books with two more on the way. And Annie is a, is a best-selling author, and she's going to be talking about animals and also her books as well. So uh, please sit back, relax, get your beverage, whatever you're doing, cuddle up with your animals and have a listen, a listen to this story called Animalizing. I start out with a quote in this story. You cannot share your life with a dog or any animal and not know that they have personalities, minds, and feelings, just like you and me. The story begins, after years of begging for a dog, we finally got one. I was seven when our new furry darling arrived. One requirement was that my older brother and I would take care of him. My mom got to pick out the puppy, and to no one's surprise, it was a fashionable, fashionable miniature gray poodle, French poodle. That made his way into our home and into our hearts. Dad's favorite drink was brandy, so that was the name he chose for our new family member. Brandy and I had an immediate affection for one another. My favorite day, time of day was walking and talking to him. I routinely leashed up this frisky puppy and off we went for a stroll around the block twice a day. Nothing like a one-sided conversation when there's so much to say when you're seven. Somehow, Brandy understood everything better than my friends and my family, and I felt safe sharing my deepest childhood thoughts with him. Walk time got me outside. It gave me a break from chores and homework. Rain or shine, I enjoyed communing with what was left of nature's beauty in the developing neighborhood. It was especially lovely when the ornamental wild cherries, cherry trees were in bloom. My four-legged best friend had an excellent sixth sense, and when we encountered others, he greeted them with either a wag or a growl. Instinctively, Brandy picked up on my feelings and others. He treated me accordingly. 
whether it was a lick or a look of let's go. He would jump in my lap when I was sad. My first animalizing mentor, a sophisticated French poodle, awakened this sixth sense intuition in me. I love to nurture and observe him grow and develop into a mature, happy dog. He was my living doll. Now, as I was a child, I was not aware of all the benefits of having a dog. Dog owners usually had lower cholesterol, lower blood pressure, and, and are better are able to manage stress than others. They, that adds up to fewer heart attacks. Sorry about that, I had a little stumble there. To top it off, I was even burning calories and bumping up my serotonin levels without even knowing it. And who cared when you're seven anyway? Our darling poodle was the beginning of my love of dogs. I have since always had one or two or three at any given time. All my animals have been great teachers of unconditional love and made excellent companions on my life's journey. These playful animals continue to bring out my inner child, calm my mind, and honor and boost my mood. They also have instilled in me the virtue of being in a routine, reflecting on the gifts that they have brought me. I realize that all my pets have taught me to analyze more rather than to overanalyze, to dig deeper into my primal instinctual roots. Get analyzed. Thank you so much for having a listen to that. Um, if you read any of my books, you'll know I, I write quite a bit about animals, and that's why I am so excited to eat, introduce you to Miss Annie Burke, who um, she is an incredible uh, psychic, intuitive animal behavior human, and she actually has conversations with animals like myself living and in spirit to convey messages between them and their humans. Whoa. Which provides peace of mind. Animals are her passion and her mission and her mission is to raise global awareness of the importance of animals. Thank you, Annie. She loves making a difference for animals and depend and in deepening relationships between animals and their humans. And we will have all of Annie's links um, in our chat. And I encourage all of you to dive in and um, explore and learn more about her master classes and her books. But we'd only have a short amount of time on this interview. And Annie, I want to just welcome you to the show. And um, please, please give us some insight and some background to how you came to this place in your life where you had this ability to communicate with animals. Well, thank you for that lovely introduction, Donna. And I also love that story that you shared about Brandy as well. That's beautiful. And yes, they do teach us a lot. It's just amazing having a connection with an animal. And then I'm watching Jackie with one of her dogs having a conversation with her as well. So <laughs> perfect. They're having fun. It's just beautiful to see. Yeah. So 
My understanding is that we can all actually communicate with animals telepathically when we're little. And if you watch kids, they will squat right down and talk to the animal and they'll tell you exactly what the animal said. And most parents will go, oh yes dear, very nice, and not understand that it's actually a genuine conversation. And then something happens as we grow up and that ability switches off, but we can switch it back on again. And I'd always felt that my animals could understand everything that I was saying. And I used to say, I wish I could speak cat because I wanted to know what they wanted to tell me. And I had a little ginger girl cat and apparently something like 97% of ginger cats are boys. So it was very special getting a ginger girl cat. And sadly, she passed away very quickly after a short illness. And it just made me feel as though I'd missed an opportunity to get to know her because I didn't know how to talk to her. So she inspired me to look for an animal communication course. And I looked online and I found this course and there was an image of a cat on the front page of the website, looked exactly like my cat. And I thought, wow, there's a sign from the universe that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I had no idea what it was going to involve uh, and I had two cats living with me at the time so they became my very patient teachers, <coughs> excuse me, and yeah they practiced with me and had to learn how to hear their voices, to tune into their frequency, their energy and then pass messages, images, all sorts of things to them but also to find out that if I can't understand verbally what they're trying to tell me, that they've got this advanced thought transference technology and I don't understand how it works yet because they haven't explained it, but they can show me videos in my head. So I either hear the voices in my head and they've all got different voices just like humans or they show me videos. So I started this journey more than 10 years ago now. So talking with animals who are living and animals in spirit. So it's just like having a conversation with a human being. They're just delighted to answer questions for their humans and to have that connection. And like some of them are just so touched that their humans have cared enough to have a conversation and find out what's happening in their world and what their humans can do to make them happier. And then for those of us with animals in spirit, having a conversation with them means that they get a chance to say what they want to say to their humans. Sometimes they pass over when their humans aren't there, so no one gets a chance to say goodbye. So it's a very emotional time being able to pass these really strong messages of love and affection between animals and humans and say to each party what they want to say. Uh, but it really helps with peace of mind for both the animals and the humans to have those conversations. And as I've progressed, um, different skills have also enhanced. So um, I'm originally a clairvoyant and I would just see images of people's pasts and futures. Uh, and then I did some more intuitive work, but now I've developed my clairsentient skill, which means I can actually feel things. So I can now ask an animal to let me feel what they're feeling on a physical and emotional level. And then I can tell the parents what's going on and what can be done to help support them. So particularly for those of you who have rescue animals and you may not know what trauma they've endured in the past 
often their physical symptoms may have healed before they come to you but they will be hiding that they've got mental and psychological and emotional issues from what they've experienced and sometimes they don't want to share all the nitty-gritty details of what actually happened because they've come a distance on their healing journey but sometimes they're happy to share a bit about what they're still dealing with just so they can get some more support from their humans um, and it means that they're not carrying that burden alone then of what they're dealing with but it's just totally changed my world uh, learning how to communicate with animals totally changed my understanding of life after life what happens when we pass over and understanding more about why animals are with us mm -hmm. I, I love what you're saying because I being clairvoyant and and being an empath and and to, to we all we all come into this world with that capacity capacity and the ability to to transcend out of our um i don't even want to say our unhumanness we become unhumanized um the, the the older we get the more we are indoctrinated into this unattainable unsustainable uh, psychological american dream or aussie dream or wherever you are where you're we're being bombarded with um I don't want to, if anybody's very, very religious, um, I don't want to in insult anybody, but what what are you listening at in the church? Are they talking like Annie is, or are they guiding us through this? Like, Hey, there is, there is a way to communicate with the spirit, right? This is, this is a spiritual act that we're talking about. This is about patience and love and compassion and understanding. And we all come into life with those abilities. And sent being come becoming more sensitized to that, like Annie has chosen to do, and myself has chosen to do, and so many others, I'm sure, who are listening to this who can relate. Um, and those who can't, what what is stopping those who can't from being able to have a conversation with God or a conversation with a loved one who's passed on, or a pet who's alive, or just because they can't speak? doesn't mean we can't communicate so and I think a big part of that is just awareness like a lot of people don't know that animals understand every word that we say and mm -hmm. our animals just love it when we have a running conversation with them and they don't care what we're talking about like if we're going to do the washing up or hang out the washing they don't care they just love being involved in our world because to them we are their world and they just want to be involved I've had one of my cats tell me I just want to be involved like she just wants to know what I'm dealing with and you know I'm in the position where she can actually tell me what she thinks um, but she just wants to know what's actually going on so they're a great gift and there's so many reasons that animals are with us that a lot of people aren't aware of either so there's no coincidence that an animal comes into our lives so some of them are here to teach us and so when we know how to talk with them then we can hear their wisdom uh, and we can change the world with that. And that's part of my mission as well as to raise global awareness of the importance of animals. Because I want people to know that they are, that they're souls, they have souls, uh, that they understand everything we say, that they have feelings just like we do, they feel emotions, and that they are with us for a reason. Absolutely. And, and, and we some are of them animals, to be our guardians. You Sorry. I said, and we are animals, you and me, we are technically animals, we are mammals. We are mammals, we are animals. 
And so everything that Annie's saying and that I'm sharing, it, 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 it has, it, it, that's why I, I told people it doesn't matter whether you have a pet or an animal of your own. I mean, it, you can relate and, and, and a lot of the things that Annie's going to be sharing with you moving forward just for your, your animal brother and sister or your, your children. It, it, it's like we have lost the, the ability to communicate and bringing a pet into the mix or an animal into our homes, into our heart and having the privilege to parent them. Just they teach, like Annie likes says, they teach us so much. They can teach us how to communicate with each other. We don't have to sniff butts though, do we? No. No. <laughs> But it's interesting that, you know, part of what they're doing is to help us on our spiritual journey. So having a relationship with an animal, whether it's ours or whether we connect with an animal at the zoo or in the wild, having that connection actually helps us evolve our hearts. And for some people, being with an animal is their only experience of unconditional love. And that's part of why we're on the planet is to learn all these different experiences of love and to evolve our hearts as we evolve our souls absolutely uh, and so yes being able to connect with them they will be doing this work to help us on our journey even though we're not aware of what they're doing behind the scenes and some of them have come here to as healers and so they may be with us to help heal us uh, and it's interesting because I hear a lot of people saying they've rescued an animal and I think, hmm, I wonder whether the animal is actually rescuing them and they don't know why they've accepted that animal. They know they need to have the animal, but they don't know why. So that, as you said in your uh, reading from your book, yes, they do have physiological effects for our health. So there's a lot of scientific evidence that yes, having an animal can reduce your risk of strokes and heart attacks because of the impact on our blood pressure. Um, reducing our cortisol, so reducing our stress levels. Um, they can also improve our mood. I just read something recently about some studies they've done with the psychological impact of dogs on our mood and how much they can help us. And it's really interesting because animals are very sensitive to vibration and we all vibrate at a certain frequency. And when we get sick, our vibrational level drops and often our animals are aware of it before we're consciously aware of it. So they will know that we're starting to get unwell and they will instinctively spend more time near us. So whether they're lying on us or beside us or being more affectionate, more attentive, um, they really know that we need to get healed and it, they have a vested interest in having us as healthy as possible because they want us to be well enough to look after them and play with them and interact with them. So that's just something that they do instinctively. But they're also very sensitive to our moods. So I describe them as little walking barometers. So they can tell by our behaviour and sensing our stress levels and other physiological markers when we're stressed, when we're angry, when we're sad. And so they, again, will come around and be more sensitive. So when you were saying you were a seven-year-old girl telling all your stories and the dog knew when you were upset, yes, they do. So they're with us for a reason and they can really help us. And some of them can radiate healing energy. And my red cat that you can see on my banner in the background, he's a healer. So often he'll come and lie on me and he'll just lie there and give me all this energy. And when he feels as though he's done enough, he'll jump off. 
but he's a very gifted healer. And I've found now that a number of people who are energetic healers have animals with them who are healers. So they've particularly come to them to help with your work. So as part of my work to support health and well-being of animals and humans, I make up big crystal grids on my floor and I intuitively just pick a selection of crystals, make all these different patterns. My cats all come and work with the grids. So they'll lie down near them and help activate them, put their energy in them. They'll get there with their paws and they move the crystals around because they want them in a different pattern to change the energy that the grid is uh, generating. Uh, and I made a grid for a cat who needed to have some major surgery and they instinctively knew and they went and put a toy mouse in the grid, which I thought was really cute. So they obviously thought there needed to be some playful energy in the grid. Um, but they just know instinctively and I made a grid for me and I've never done that before and literally within one minute of me finishing the grid they were there checking it all out and it's been so fascinating because they've spent a lot of time playing with it and I made a big heart shape out of little rose quartz terminated points and I very meticulously put them all together point to point to make this heart and they'd come in and move all the points away and I'm thinking what are you doing and I'd put it all back together again they'd come and take it away and so in the end I asked which I should have done much earlier and I said what are you doing that for and they said you need to open up your heart to let love in and oh. I thought how profound like oh. they just knew they knew it was a heart yeah so they're just so intelligent and that's what I really want your listeners to realize that they do understand what we're saying. They have a sophisticated understanding of English. Because they have free will, they can determine whether they want to obey your instructions or not. So if you tell the cat, don't jump on the table, the cat hears you, but they can work out whether they want to jump on the table or not. Yeah. Um, but it just changes their world once we start having a conversation with them, knowing that they understand the interaction between you and your animal will change just with having regular conversations and that's my most important message for everyone to let you know that they do understand and to please talk with them that just really changes their world so much i love i love everything you're saying it's just like whoa right on right on um and i just to add to that um it, it it's so much it it's the language or the sound, right? Because they, they, my dogs have a very big vocabulary. My three big 60 pound dogs, they don't have collars. They don't wear leashes. They're on total non-verbal, I mean, verbal command. You know, I mean, they're, they're amazing. And they know certain words. I'm very, very specific words like, you know, chow, bone, food, you know, swim, friend. They got a big vocabulary. There's a hundred words they have, but it's the tone. You know, because you can say, fuck you to someone. You can say, fuck you. You can say, come here, come on, come on. Or you can say, get over here, come on, come on. And it's that, like, what Annie, I love what you're saying. You know, like, I talk to my dogs all day long. I tell them where I'm going, what I'm doing. But sometimes I don't, I don't even speak English. I just go, I have a whole freaking language that I it's a tone and when I'm not around them like if I go away for a few days if I don't speak that high-pitched language to myself I get stressed out 
because my dogs aren't there. So if I'm feeling like a little anxious, I just I just start talking dog, <laughs> and then, and then it's amazing what what how how much comforting that is. And and Annie, you're so right. I mean, it's the same thing with with little children and infants. You know, we we talk to them all the time. They might not have a vocabulary, or they might not understand, but they feel. Yeah, so it's the energy of the words, and that's mm-hmm. so important as well. They understand the frequency of the words. So if we're using high frequency words like love and gratitude, they really respond to that. Where if we're talking about something negative, even if it's not about them, they get affected by the vibration of the negative words. So it's so important just to consider where you're talking about negative things, ideally not in their hearing, but even in what we call our animals. If they're called something negative, that can affect them on a psychological level. And I spoke with a cat who lived in a Star Wars fan's house. He was called Phantom Menace. And so he got called Menace for short. He hated being called Menace. And so when I had a conversation, the first thing he said was he wanted to be called Harry. And as soon as the family started calling him Harry, he responded straight away because it was a name that he picked and he preferred the energy of that. So it's just, you know, and I've heard people calling their animals all sorts of nicknames. And I don't think people think about the impact of what they're calling their animal. Like, you know, even if you call your animal fat, so um, you might mean it as a term of endearment, but the animal may not like being called that all of the time. So uh, you just need to be careful because they do understand things. I had to speak to some crocodiles at a zoo when I was doing a course and uh, one of the females said, we've got feelings too, we think we're beautiful. So they've obviously heard some very discouraging comments from people walking by and it had affected them. So yeah, it's it's just being more thoughtful. Once people are more aware that animals do understand what we're saying, it can change how you talk to them. Um, but that is a lot more fulfilling with them. The other thing I was going to say about the healing power of animals is that they've done research about the frequency of cat purring and they've shown that it actually speeds up bone healing. Now, I fractured my shoulder very badly last year and my cats took it upon themselves to take it in turns to lie near me and purr over my shoulder. And I got a lot of range of movement back very quickly, which amazed my surgeon. Uh, So... They, they do have skills and they can really help us. But the other fascinating thing that I've learned with my conversations is that sometimes our animals actually take on our health symptoms to help us so that we're not having to bear the full brunt of the condition. And I've had a couple of my cats doing it. So Tierney, my red boy in the back of the banner there, um, just before I went to the book writers retreat to write my two books, I got a really bad chest infection. And a couple of days later, he's got a chest infection. Now, I can't give it to him. He's an indoor cat, hasn't been anywhere to catch it. All my other cats were fine. So he'd done that so that I would be well enough to be able to go and write my books because he knew how important it was for my life mission to get those books written. What he hadn't factored in was that I'd have to take him to the vet every day to get his temperature monitored till he got better. But fortunately, he was better by the time I left, so I didn't have to worry about him and I was better and I was able to go. But I've just had so many examples now of where this happens. Um, I've been speaking to a lady recently and she's looking after a family member who's got diabetes and pancreatitis. Not long later, her cat 
has diabetes and pancreatitis. Oh, no way. Like, these things are not a coincidence. Wow. Um, and that's, you know, you just can't explain rationally why that would happen, but that's what the cat is doing. The cat is trying to help the human um, so that they're not coping with the full brunt of both of those diseases and the cat's actually quite unwell. Um, but that's what they do. They just love being of service. I had another cat who took on some symptoms for me and once I realised what was going on, I said it would make me a lot happier if you were healthy and stopped doing that for me. And she said, are you sure? And so she was that dedicated to looking after me and helping me that she was willing to keep on taking on these symptoms for me. So now when I get an animal with health issues, I ask who else in the family has the same issues. Uh, and I ask the animal, you know, how much of this is yours? And I spoke to another dog recently uh, who has a number of health issues. And so I said, how much of this is yours and how much of this is your humans? And she said, hmm, only the anxiety is mine. And she's only anxious because she's worried about the health of her human mum. But she's actually taken on health issues for her mum and her mum's mum. Um, and she's only a little dog, so it's taking a toll on her because she's only so little and she did get really ill a couple of years ago. And she said, yes, I just took on too much for my body. Um, but they're just willing to do that. They're just such noble souls, very humble. Um, and that's part of the healing power of animals that they can take on these symptoms for us. Um, but we need to be aware of that. And that's why I do healing as well to support animals and humans. Um, but even just once we work out that the animal is taking on the health issues, then the human can ask them to stop. They can say, thank you for doing that. I'm very grateful for your help, um, but I really want you to be healthy and that will reduce my stress levels if you can stop taking on those symptoms for me. So it's a matter of just delving into what's actually going on and then being able to make a difference. But some of them are quite funny, like they've got senses of humour. I spoke to a horse recently who'd run into an electric fence and he's burnt himself across his chest. So he's hurt himself with doing it. And so I spoke with him and he said, oh yes, that was shocking. And like, he totally understood the pun on shocking. He said that deliberately and I thought, oh, well, good on him. He's in pain, but his sense of humor is still intact. So they, you know, their personalities just shine through with what they say. And they are just so dedicated and caring about their humans. Incredibly grateful that they get offered a home of love that they're cared for. And these are the kind of messages I get from when they're in spirit as well. They're just so grateful for everything that their humans have done for them. Absolutely. Well, I have a really beautiful story to share with everyone about in line with what you're talking about. Um, when, you know, when I was seven is when I, when I really started talking to animals my, myself and, and it didn't stop. I've always uh, a, a dog or cat or uh, mostly dogs. But this was the most incredible thing that happened when I had uh, my first child, who's now 31 my only child, um, I ended up with a, a C-section. And at the time, my husband and I had four dogs and a cat that had had a litter of six kittens. So we had a full house. But this one dog, um, Simba, uh, who was half wolf and, and half husky mix of some kind, but he definitely was the, the wolf thing. He'd never been in the house. He just was an outdoor dog. 
And when I came home from the hospital, I'd been gone for like a couple few days because I had a little complications there. That dog came in the house and the only time he left, and my, my husband had to bring a bed downstairs for me because I couldn't go upstairs. He stayed with me and my, my infant. We were a pack. And he was, he, the, he would not go outside and we almost had to make him go out because we knew we had to go to the bathroom. Never been in the house before. He was a totally picking that up. He, he helped me heal so fast. And, and not only that, the relationship they ended up having with our son, the bond begins at birth, right? So, I mean, the baby jazz felt this 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 husky there was and then there's the other animals too but it was especially Simba Simba was so protective and I just like it just took took another spiritual awakening level on on, on this really everything that you're you're talking about Annie just reaffirming everything that you're saying um and and sometimes us humans just have to allow allow this to happen like we could have thrown a shoe at him and told him get out of the house what are you doing in the house but no he came in just very wolf-like you know and he got right up to my little inf three-day-old baby and started smelling him and this whole communication happened and i meet my stress immediately reduced from my body and i know i healed twice as fast because i had him there to help me get through that process so um, no shoe throwing, no yelling, no screaming, no caging, no locking up. I mean, people who are doing those kinds of things are always abusing somebody else in the household. And that's a first indication where child you can bring child services in to see when people are abusing an animal. And, and so it's sometimes we have to be a voice for that animal, for nature. And, and get get involved and and like Annie like you I, I can hear it I can hear it in the bark or the whine or the cry you know when an animal is, is not in is not in good situation so um, what I'd love for you to do right now Annie because we don't have that much time we have a few more people who just come in everybody who's coming on halfway into the show we're so excited to have you on Annie has been sharing so much insight into the uh, power of healing with our animal uh, family and to reminding us all that we are humans are animals mammals specifically so anything that we're talking about applies to our animal human kind as well so annie tell us some more incredible facts about animals that will um, help these disbelievers or if anybody might be a, a disbeliever some facts about um, animals that we should know about mm -hmm. so first of all i was just going buzzy all over listening to your story about your wolf dog uh, and it just reminded me to say that some of the animals have come to be guardians and I've had another client whose young son was adopted by one of her cats and he was just guarding and protecting this little boy and he just got so close to him not smothering him not doing anything to him not scratching him but just guarding over him and some of them have come to be our guardians and our protectors so instinctively i'm sure your wolf dog would have had a connection with your baby before he was born yes. and then just came in to you know take on that role in a physical presence and it's interesting that a lot of our animals who are our guardians 
also get separation anxiety because it's their duty to protect us. And if we go out and they don't know where we've gone, they can feel as though they're failing because they're not with us and they can't protect us. So it's really important if you have an animal that does tend to get a bit anxious when you're not there to tell them what you're doing. Yes. So if you can say you're going out for two hours, you're going to get dog food and dog treats and then you're coming back, that's really reassuring. And especially- you know, I better have the dog treats though, cause they'll hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but particularly if it's an animal who's been abandoned before, they may feel that you're going away and you may not come back. So telling them that you're actually coming back is really important as well. And if you're going away for a few days, they understand the concept of time. So you can say, look, I'm going away for two sleeps. This is the person who's going to be looking after you and then I'll be back. They can count down the sleeps so they will know. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad you said that. That is so true. Yeah, so that's really important. Uh, yes, there are a lot of people who are sceptical about being able to talk with animals, but I've just had some amazing, profound experiences that rationally you just can't explain, apart from the fact that I've heard the animal's voice in my head. So one of the animals that I had a very unusual conversation with was actually a blind cat in spirit. And so I connect with animals through photographs. So I just need a photo like of my boy behind me where I can see their face with their eyes open. And then I tune into their frequency and ask the questions their humans want to know and get the answers. So I hadn't met this cat, he's in spirit. I hadn't met his mum. She just messaged me the photo of him and the questions she wanted me to ask. And I was having the conversation and partway through the conversation, he said to me, rumple teaser. Now, I listened to that word and I thought, what is rumple teaser? And then I started doubting myself and thinking, did I hear it properly? Is he trying to say rumple stilt skin? And if he is, that makes no sense with the conversation. So I thought, I must just be hearing things. So I just ignored it, continued the conversation. And then he said it again very clearly. And I thought, okay, he is telling me a message. I'm going to have to pass this on to his mum and hope she understands. So I sent a message and I said, was he ever called rumple teaser? And there was no answer for a while. And I'm thinking, oh, she's probably going to think I'm crazy. But then she messaged me back and said, oh, yes, I'd forgotten all about that. And apparently when she rescued him, he was living with a dog called Rumple. And he used to get in trouble all the time for teasing the dog. So he got called Rumple Teaser. He couldn't even see the dog. But he was so smart to pick that particular word to tell me because that reassured his mum that I was definitely talking with him. And so for me, it was great con confirmation that I'd been hearing the word correctly. And I now know that when I talk with animals in spirit, often they will give me what I call a code word, which means nothing to me, but means something significant for the human. Now, this is so interesting. How can other people talk to um, animals in spirit? It's, it's, it's being able to communicate with animals. So for me, it makes no difference connecting with them whether they're in spirit or they're living you're connecting in with their frequency their energy i say it's like tuning into an old-fashioned radio station you've got to get on the same wavelength as them and then you hear their voice in your head and then you can ask questions uh, and it's just a lot of practice and you know that was an example where i doubted myself and that's something that's really easy to do 
town because you just hear things and you think that just can't possibly be right. So one of the first animals in spirit I spoke with was a little dog and he showed me this little material ball and it had all these little different segments of different coloured material around it, like little segments of an orange and a little bell in the middle. And his mum said, yes, that was his favourite toy. So I thought, well, that's lovely. I've been able to get a message and that's correct. And then he started telling me chocolate and he kept saying chocolate over and over again. And I thought he can't possibly be telling me chocolate. Dogs aren't allowed to eat chocolate. Anyway, he just would not stop talking about chocolate. So in the end, I had to say to mum, look, I don't know why he's telling me, but he's just going on and on about chocolate and he won't stop. And she just laughed and she said she didn't realise at the time that chocolate wasn't good for him. And it was one of their special times together was to sit down and share a block of chocolate together. And so again, that was confirmation. And to me, that was a wrong message <laughs> listening to it. I thought, no, it can't possibly be right, but it was. So getting the ball and the chocolate was absolute confirmation for the mum that I was hearing her dog. So, so I guess if all of us try hard enough, we'll be able to talk to our spirits like I know I talk to my dad and my mom all the time but I haven't talked to my haven't talked to like well well, I could talk to my Simba but somebody else's animal that I don't know um, uh, and and looking at a picture would be a little bit far removed from something that I'd be capable of doing you have some very powerful special skills and Annie we're going to make sure that we put all of that information how people can get a hold of you because um, not not everybody can uh, you know talk to a spirit animal and, and bring that kind of comfort to people or or you know we all have our own skills they own are things that we do there's you're we're all one of a kind very very unique so um, I really appreciate hearing those those stories um, now you, these books that you've written Annie are they books about animals then or what why yes. do you write these books so my first book is the bridge to animal consciousness um, and this is part of my life purpose of raising awareness about the importance of animals so in this I talk about animal soul journeys why they're here uh, how to welcome a new animal to your household, what happens when we have to say goodbye. I also talk about the benefits of animal communication and some of the conversations I've had with animals in zoos and in the wild, and then practical things that we can do to make a difference for animals. And then my second book, which is Evolving Hearts and Souls, The Guide to Spiritual Awakening, I wrote because when I woke up, I didn't know that you could wake up, and I didn't know that I was waking up and I couldn't find anyone to help me. So my clairvoyant power switched on. I had no idea what I was supposed to do with it. Um, and so I thought I really want to write a book to help demystify the mystery of spiritual awakening so that when other people start to experience weird phenomena, they know that they're not going crazy and that there is a reason why they're experiencing certain things. Both of the books have actually helped activate people. So I've had people read my animal book and then they've heard their animal's voices in their head. So it's helped reactivate their telepathic animal communication channel. And the same with the spiritual awakening book that that's helped activate some of their spiritual gifts as well. So they're quite potent books um, with the energy that's sort of imbued through them. But I also just wanted to say that people can learn how to communicate with their animals and I'm actually offering an animal communication mentorship program where I'm going to be working with people for three months to help them reactivate their channel and be able to communicate with their animals. So that's something that people can message me to find out about as well.
That sounds really great. Well, we'll make sure we'll make sure people can do that. I'm trying to. There's somebody had a had a question, Alan. You were wondering before you became an animal medium, did you expand from a small or reduce from a large? I um, saw that and I commented on it because it's funny to call someone a medium. It's just such a funny phrase. Um, but all, all its meaning is that you're able to connect with someone in spirit. So for me, I can talk to humans in spirit and I can talk with animals in spirit. So um, they're gifts that I have. But as I said, we can reactivate our animal communication channel and connect with animals telepathically. You can do it with domestic animals, animals in zoos, animals in the wild. I interviewed a number of animals for my book. Uh, I wanted to connect to different species just to talk about what the real situation was for them in the wild. And so I just energetically tuned into like a group of lions and said, okay, I'd like to have a, a spokes animal, please, to represent you um, who can answer my questions and contribute something to my book. And they were all happy to do that. So I spoke with rhinos, lions, um, cheetahs, all sorts of different animals just to see what's happening in the real world and it's interesting because some of the stories are quite harrowing of what's happening and I've had people say to me that they had no idea that that was happening so I wanted to be able to tell animal stories in their words and honor what they're actually experiencing oh, I just love this you guys I I'm going to take a, a, a just two minutes and I'm going to read read this to you Annie you're going to love this too but this was from the first book I ever wrote and it was published in 1992 it's called Yummy Recipes Wilderness Wonders for Kids and Adults. And if you guys have a niece or a nephew or a grandchild or a child who's between the ages of four and a hundred, this is the perfect um, holiday gift. And we'll make sure we put this, tell we'll put this in there. I, I see Jackie, you're trying to look at it. It's really cool, but listen to this. And I know you can relate to this, Annie. And this is, no, it's all about animals, okay? So like you talking, I love when you say you talk, talking to these animals in the wild rhinos draw. I mean, it's like amazing, right? And and it is true. Like you, you've got something real unique and really special. I, I do it, but not as a medium, right? as a small or a large, Alan. Um, but Yummy Bear brings you lots of fun activities and fantastic food ideas for the whole family. The book was created to help children and adults gain a better understanding of nature and human relationship to nature. Also, how to enjoy the art of baking and cooking with emphasis on good nutrition. By exploring the needs of animals and plants in the wild, we can help understand ways to preserve the Earth's precious life cycle. The diet and habitat of animals in the natural environment are crucial for their survival. Because nature does not provide grocery stores, restaurants, or man-made housing in the wild. The survival and good health of our earth is dependent on us because what we eat and how we live affects all living things. In each one of the recipes, it's dedicated to an animal. Um, grizzly bear brownies, Kodiak brownies, volcanic shakes, um, you get the point, moose garden burgers, <laughs> but um, humpback hoagies, they, you know, we, in, when we understand how, what we eat and all the choices that we make in every day, how it's going to affect those animals in the wild. And when we, when we're caring for our domestic animals um, that we love so dearly, just know that there's these other animals out there like how how is our life and our choices affecting all of those wild animals so i'm so glad 
you brought that in, um, Annie, that component of it. You know, you've got these animals in zoos, we've got these animals in wildlife parks, and then we've got actually a, like 5% of the, the globe that's left with wild animals. I mean, we're, what are we doing, people? Um, and because we weren't listening, right? We weren't allowing ourselves to communicate with the call of the wild. And the closer we get to nature, the closer we get to our true nature. And our animals help us do that because each and every day, I mean, they want to get outside and play and they're just like, why, why wouldn't we want to go out and do that with them? And um, we'll, we'll feel a lot healthier and a lot better. I like to say my dogs take me for a walk. Uh, I, I don't walk my dogs. <laughs> my dogs, they take me for a walk. Um, but anyway, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad I got to, to share, share this with you. And, um, you know, all of the proceeds of my products and services always go back to preserving nature and wildlife. Um, the, right now, Tell, who is also um, on the call right now, she's my VA. She's recovering from cancer. And so right now, um, all, everything is going towards that. So I appreciate, we, we appreciate you um, considering going to Ecospired by Nature, which is the name of our site, and also checking out all of Annie's links in there, checking out her two incredible books, her master classes, all of the um, this three-month program that you're offering sounds incredible for people who want to be intuitives um, and, and, and be mediums for, for the animal world. It's a, it's a lost art. It's sad that we've gotten so separate from it, but that doesn't mean we can't start right this minute and, and start embracing and loving um, our pets more. And if we don't have one, maybe consider getting one. I wore my fish earrings for all of you um, because sometimes it's just like having a fish tank and finding Nemo, right? The little mermaid. I mean, fish, fish have feelings too, right, Annie? And they um, have a way of communicating. Why do you think um, they, a lot of these medical offices and hospitals, they have fish tanks? Because it's very calming, right? And But having a big aquarium fish tank is a lot better than a little fish bowl. <laughs> we want to create a habitat where they can thrive and, and, and just live a beautiful life and, and entertain us. They get off on entertaining us. They, they really do. Yep. And that's partly what they do when they know that we've got a changed mood and that if we're feeling very sad or down or whatever, they can deliberately go off and do something goofy to make us laugh and change the mood. They're just so intelligent that they know what they can do to make a difference for us. And I just noticed that um, Leslie made a comment saying, thank you, brought back beautiful memories of the animals I've met and cared for. And that's, yeah, it's just lovely being able to connect with our animals. And I'm sure, you know, when you go and tell them that you love them and you're grateful that they're in your life, they will love hearing that from you. Um, and they just teach us so much. They just fill us up with love. Um, and we just never forget them that, that, you know, the impact they've made on our lives is substantial, no matter how long they stay. And unfortunately, some of them do pass over earlier than we'd like them to. It's a shame they can't live as long as we do. Um, but there is something valuable in each lifetime that they have with us. And, and you know, you said something earlier too about past lives. I noticed that, and this is for real, guys, that 
every new pet I get brings in the spirit of my old so that they're never gone. And, and, you know, I, I'm convinced my, I was a wolf in in a, in a incarnation somewhere back there. Find out, find out your, your spirit animal, what it is, you know, where, where you are in all of that. Um, because it really helps you understand yourself better. And it also helps you identify, um, what kind of pet is right for you. Right. We don't want to have a Siberian Husky in, the, in an urban environment locked in an in a apartment all day. Whereas a that Brandy, a little French poodle, when the doorman f- every day gives him a, a, a biscuit and, and pats him on the head and takes him up the elevator, um, a little poodle's fine in a city meet, you know? So um, it, it's really important to same thing with the cats. Like there's a Siamese cat and there's tabby cats and there's the alley cat. They're, they're different. So, and like, like Annie teaches you how to talk and communicate, you know, before you either buy a pet or someone gives you a pet, it's a good idea to have a conversation and make sure that you are a good match for each other because it is the most incredible experience to have a companion like that who can nourish you and love you and stand by your side. And the only other thing, Annie, that I wanted to mention and, and, and then have you do some closing words too about, because one of the things that you do that I think is so fabulous is helping um, pet parents with gr- the grieving process mm-hmm. and, um, on, and the loss. Because like my dogs, oh my gosh, it'd be a basket cage. So, so what, what parting words do you have for everybody? And, and also like parting as far as like when it's time to say goodbye and yep. allow our, our pets to carry on. So because I have had lots of conversations with animals in spirit, my advice for people is if you've got an older animal or an animal who's, you know, got a significant illness is to make the most of every day that you have with them. You don't take any day for granted because you just never know when it's going to be their time to go. So, you know, if they've got a favourite park to go and play in, that you make sure you go and take them to their favourite park. And if they've got other animals they like playing with, that they get the opportunity to see their friends. But to take lots of photos and lots of videos of them and with them. (coughs) Excuse me, because once they pass, you won't be ready to look at all of those straight away but when you are it is just so wonderful to see those images particularly the videos and have them forever being healthy and interacting and you can hear them barking or meowing or the bird tweeting or whatever kind of animal it is it's just so beautiful to have those living memories of them and yes it was interesting what you just said about your animals coming back and that's experience that i've had now as well which i knew nothing about Um, but my animals have taught me that animal souls can reincarnate so not every animal soul does come back but a lot of them do and so one of my cats passed away one day she wasn't very old and she had no health issues and so for me it was just a huge shock I had no idea what was happening and I didn't know how long I'd have to wait to be able to talk to her to find out what was going on but fortunately she could talk to me that same day that she passed and so I said what did you do that for and she said oh I needed a new body like in a time like that like doesn't everybody else do that and I thought what and she said stop being so sentimental I'm coming back and because she was one of my animal communication teachers and everything she taught me was so accurate I had to believe her and a lot of people thought I was nuts having this weird imaginary thought that my cat was going to come back again and maybe that was a way I was coping with the grief to pretend it was going to happen but she came back And now that's just happened so many times with other clients and they can tell me before they pass over or once they have, 
if there's an opportunity for them to come back and they can tell me what breed they'll be because sometimes they swap breed, what gender they'll be. Sometimes they have to swap gender to come back. Sometimes they're not exactly thrilled coming back as the opposite sex, but if that's how they can get back to their humans, they will. And so I've just had so many clients now where their animal has come back and you know on a soul level or a heart level, um, you recognise something about them. Sometimes they look identical. Sometimes they've got very identical mannerisms. Sometimes they look completely different, but you just know that they're your animal. So when they come back, it's a higher evolved version of their soul. So it's not exactly the same. They've learnt their life purpose and life lessons from the previous lifetime. So they come back with new life lessons to learn. And sometimes they're coming back to us so that we can actually help them master their lessons. And sometimes they're coming back to help us master our lessons and to help us with our life purpose. So just having an animal in your life just changes you on so many levels, spiritually and physically. Uh, and it's just so powerful accepting their love and their healing unconditional love is the best medicine right and <laughs> that's where we get it from that is so good such a great way to end an incredible episode of a dose of positivity annie burke i just want to thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your belief and helping other people believe more in the power of what they are capable and able to do. And this is a really important time in history and in life for all of us to just open up to these new ideas and to stop bridging the gap from the human world to the ethereal world and realize it's all connected. And I am so excited to have you um, and get to know you even more. And we will be sharing this episode on our podcast channel and Spotify and also on our YouTube channel, on our Facebook page, in our Facebook group, as well as in um, on our website, DonnaMaltz.com. So you guys will have plenty of inner time to re, uh, hear re- the, the replay the replay of all of our episodes for a dose of positivity which brings me to next week's guest which her name is jillene shaw dr jillene shaw she is a medical doctor and she is specializes in diabetes and she's going to be talking about how to break up with diabetes and we all heard annie talk about how her pets you know took on the diabetes and and the pancreatic disorder um of of their owners so it's really important we don't want our pets to have have those either so we have to make sure that we stay healthy too so if you have problems with your blood sugar if you are either borderline or type 2 or type 1 diabetic you don't want to miss this and you definitely want to share this with your friends and families that you love especially coming into the holiday peak season just getting through thanksgiving where we ate an animal friend if many of you aren't vegan you had your turkey and also giving thanks to all of those animals that sacrifice their lives that give their lives just the spirit and making sure that we make a blessing in each and every meal that we consume and give gratitude And please meet your meat before you eat. Have that conversation with them while they're living, preferably, and giving them gratitude. And then if you are eating um, those animals, to realize that part of their spirit is coming inside of you. So making sure you know that that animal has been humanely raised, loved, and that you are totally giving honor and respect to that animal. 
So I want to thank you so much, all of you, for coming on to live to a dose of positivity. And Annie, again, thank you so, so much. We'll see you all next week on how to break up with diabetes. And I want to encourage all of you to shop Ecospired by Nature. Please contribute to the growth so that we can keep doing, bringing these free broadcasts to you and all the stuff that we do. Um, and to help tell get well so because this time this season is all going to help tell get well we had so many great um things on the inspired uh, eco-spired by nature website which is right there in the chat so much much love to you all and aloha thank you donna oh annie thank you so much this was such so much fun you are just such a light being i just love I love having somebody who can talk more way out there than me and Alan. Alan, right? Oh, that was I, very time what I shared today. Don't worry. Oh, it was so good. Very tight. Time. Like I've got some really bizarre stories that um, yeah. of conversations I've had and experiences that I've had.